Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Peter, how are you? I'm doing great, Eric. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic. We were, we were chatting before we started recording and we both had great weekends spent with friends. And I think that that's, man, what a breath of fresh air. I mean, I, I don't want to keep going back to the pandemic and so on and so forth, but I feel like we're really this spring and summertime this year seems to be like a, a reset. Does that feel yeah, like that I, I agree a hundred percent. I mean, we've been resetting, but now we just, the momentum is there and we're kind yeah. of back in the habit. Yeah. I, it's it, it's something that I think over a couple of years, we might've lost that, that edge a little bit. And uh, now we're doing it naturally and it feels really good. Yeah. Really yeah. good. And, the, and it's, and it, the weather's been so nice on the, you know, where we are, it's, it's just been great to be outdoors with, with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and here's the thing is, is, is kind of weird listeners, uh, but I'm just going to throw down the gauntlet. Uh, if you have gotten together with friends or family and done something that maybe it's, it, it was a tradition and you just brought back a tradition or you've done something new that you've never tried before, we'd love for you to email Peter and just tell him what you did, because I think that that would be kind of a fun show to do in the future, Peter, things that you can do to get together with friends, family, rekindle relationships and have great conversations. I'd love to hear some ideas from the audience of what they've done that really has been impactful for them. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, I think it's a great idea. Really right. great idea. All right. We'll give contact info, email, uh, an email address at the end of the show. Uh, but listener, please do that because we'd love to get more ideas and figure out how we can spend more time with friends and family. But yeah. that's not what we're here to talk about today. No, some, something far less interesting, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, here's the thing is that this is this is definitely an educational podcast. I learn something every time and I'm pretty excited because you're talking about annuities and and I know a little bit about annuities. I know kind of the basics, you know, the very very top of them. <laughs> not not a, a deeper dive and I know you don't we don't have time to do a huge deep dive today, but there's so much information that you're going to just kind of cover some of the basics but deeper than I've ever been, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's my goal. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, let's start at the beginning. Sure. Uh, so, so basic definition, what is an annuity, Peter? Yeah, it, it's simple. It's a, it's an insurance contract issued by an insurance company. It, it's it's a promise to pay. Uh, you know, insurance companies are risk management companies. You know, they basically mm -hmm. are timing assets and liabilities. I know that sounds pretty, pretty basic and boring, uh, but kind of like banks. Banks are, are doing the same thing. They take in deposits, and uh, they have to have assets available at certain points in time. Could be tomorrow, or it could be in in five years. And that's the way in insurance companies work as well. A policyholder, someone who who wants this kind of contract wants to mitigate risk that they can't control. That's the whole essence of insurance. So an insurance company is skilled at assessing the risk of certain things happening. And then they charge a, a relatively small premium to everyone that also that wants to indemnify that risk 
of that un- unplanned event. Mm-hmm. A- and the goal is that no one suffers a big claim, that, that no one suffers. That's why you buy insurance, because you're willing to pay a small premium, again, relative to the risk or the cost of, of not doing it. A- and that's what that's called the premium. To me, it's all about, you know, big mistake versus little mistake. Mm. You know, b- big mistake is I don't try to mitigate this risk with an insurance pool. Th- that to me is the big, big mistake because yeah. if I don't and my house burns down, I'm out that replacement value, which oh, yeah. could be hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not more. If, if I don't pay that pretty high health insurance premium, I could be out hundreds of thousands of dollars in the event of of, of a terrible illness. Um, so it, it behooves our society, frankly, to, 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 to reduce our big risk and take on the small risk or make that small mistake of having to pay a premium every single year. But then I'm covered for that big event if that I can't control. It's an mm-hmm. uncontrollable. Uh, and that's what insurance companies do. So I, I thought that was just an important explanation. Um, you know, an, an, a, another thing that we all know about is life insurance. That's a, yeah. another. You know, we our our lives have value, uh, but we don't know when when our time is up. We need to produce an income stream. We want to protect our family in the event we can't work, and therefore we 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 may pay a premium to an insurance company who pays a large death benefit if we die. So that's the whole idea of 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 of, of insurance. And then an annuity is just that contract to 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 protect protect that future um value of something. Got it. Okay. So and I know that you've said it many times on the podcast, everything's individualized. You, yes. you have your own specific situation. You have your own, whether you, maybe you're a business owner, maybe you have 17 kids. I don't, I don't, 17 kids, no, no way. But some people do, and, and they each have their own situation. Why should someone consider an annuity as part of an overall financial plan? Yeah, it, it could be a, a very small piece of it. It could be a larger piece. Again, it's all so, so personal and, and, and specific to, to you. But again, you want to protect something. So, you may want to make sure you have a pile of money at a certain point in time. That's something you you absolutely want. You know, in five to 10 years, you want X amount of money. Well, mm-hmm. an annuity can can do that for you. Um, certainly, it's not the only financial instrument that can do it, but it is one of them. Um, or you, or you, you want to ensure that your income can continue for a long, long time. Maybe it's five years, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's for your entire lifetime. So you you may want a, a, an income stream that's guaranteed for the rest of your life. And you don't know how long you'll live. You could live, um, your life expectancy may say, yeah, I, I expect to live to my you know late 70s, early 80s. But a lot of people are living into their 90s today. And uh, what happens if that if that occurs? And so an insurance company pools together the risk of people living a long, long time. And that's what that's what an annuity really is. It's it's a uh, a, a way to pool together uh, risk of dying uh, or, or not dying soon enough, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> living beyond life expectancy. And so the insurance company is is basically um, looking at large populations of people 
and saying, well, in this large population, while the the average may uh, of life expectancy may, may be, uh, we, we should expect people to live, let's say, to age 80 is just an example. But some of you will live to age 85 and 90 and 95. Um, you know, w- we need to time that that asset to that liability. So if we if we're if we're um, basically insuring lots and lots of people, some of those people are going to die prior to age 80 and some are going to live beyond it. And so uh, the insurance company, it pulls that risk. And so it's really the reason why people buy an annuity is because they want to protect something, either have a pile of money at a certain point or protect that income stream for for a, a longer period than you might ordinarily be able to. Gotcha. All right. That makes a lot of sense. And I know there's a couple different types of annuities. Can you explain those? Yeah, there's actually lots of different types, different, lots of different flavors. And, uh, you know, in some ways, it's it's a good thing the insurance industry has uh, has has given people lots and lots of options, but they've also made it really complex. It's not simple. There's all sorts of nuances. So I've tried to break this down and made it pretty simple, but it's not. <laughs> so uh, within each of these categories, there's lots of options. So the first thing I think is important to understand is that, in, in my opinion, there are basically two types of of annuities there's there are deferred annuities and mm-hmm. there are immediate annuities so a deferred annuity is um a contract where you would make a a, a one-time deposit or a series of deposits um into a contract for a period of time it could be um you 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 don't need that income for let's say five years ten years or for, or, or forever um, but you, you, you're what you're willing to 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 give up, which is the capital today. You're willing to deposit that with the insurance company. They can invest the funds, and we'll talk about that in just a second. And in the meantime, between now and then, whenever then is, the earnings in that contract grow tax deferred. So the the IRS has given the insurance industry an advantage here. Uh, the investments can grow tax deferred. So you don't pay taxes on your income currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you or your family will eventually have to pay taxes when the money comes out of that contract. Uh, if you put a, you put 10000 or $100,000 into a contract and it grows to 20000 or 200000 um, the gain that you've accumulated over those years will eventually be taxed. So it's tax deferred. It's not, you're not avoiding tax. But uh, at some point, you'll have to pay it in the future, or your family will. So those are tax deferred annuities. You're 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 you want a you want that pile of money in the future. Uh, within that category, that tax deferred uh, st- strategy category, there are two kinds. There's, in, in general, there are fixed and there are variable contracts. A fixed contract is you are depositing funds with the insurance company, and they are promising to pay you a certain amount of of, of income. Each year in that contract um, could be there could be a guaranteed minimum of one percent, two percent, three percent. It depends upon the when you buy the contract and what what the interest rates are at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's fixed. It's it's guaranteed. It's no risk. It, your your insurance the insurance company is insuring that um, they're providing you that for a period of time. And we say, well, we'll give you for the next twelve months. We'll give you. Um, 3% and 
And after that, it, it renews and will, will, will then credit you a different interest rate for another 12-month period. Kind of like what a bank does when you buy a CD. Okay. You, know, you, you buy a 12-month CD, and at the end of that 12 months, they offer you a, a new rate. Well, insurance companies do something similar. But you can lock in for, for, um, for one year, for three years, for five years. So you, you can choose the, the period of time. Um, and then there are variable annuities, tax deferred annuities, and the variable annuity would be invested in a a portfolio of stocks and bonds. Let's like a mutual fund. It's called a sub account, um, where th- they they might be investing in um, large company stocks or or, or U.S. government bonds. Um, typically, in a lot of contracts, you can choose a variety of different funds to invest in. Uh, but once again, all of the earnings within that that contract grow tax deferred until you decide to take it out. So that's those are deferred annuities. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric, any questions for for you as 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 I've gone through that piece of it? <laughs> well, I mean, I know we don't have time for all the questions on the podcast. So again, listener, email in some questions, and Peter will answer those directly, and maybe we can address some of them in a future podcast. But um, with with variable, my one question would be, what are the risks involved in a variable that that it's going to like produce way less than you're hoping for, and then you're not going to get as much money as you need? Yeah, well, that's the risk of any investment, right? In, in stocks and bonds. So, from that perspective, um, it's very similar. Now, okay. um, you asked a really good and important question because um, within that tax deferred variable contract, there could be certain kinds of protections um, and guarantees that 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 might ensure a certain kind of return to you. Okay, over a period of time. Now. Anytime you want guarantees or you want to reduce risk, there's a cost to the contract holder. It just has to be. Yeah. You you know, if you want something that has value, um, you have to pay for it. Um, Mm -hmm. That's the way of the world. And insurance companies, if they're, if they're um, buying stocks and bonds or, 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 you know, you're, 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 you're steering monies toward those stock and bond pooled funds, um, but you don't want to take all the risk of that that investment, then there may be a cost. There may be a cost to you uh, uh, in that you may not get all of, all of the upside, meaning the insurance company may take some of the upside, um, mm-hmm. or um, they may charge you just an annual fee to protect you on the downside. Um, so there's you know no, nothing for nothing, and uh, but you ask a really good question. But for our discussion today, think about the variable um, option as something that's more like a traditional investment contract mm-hmm. where you, you're, you've got ups and downs. The advantage is that over a 5, 10, 15, 20-year period, you've got tax deferral on those invested funds. Got it. All right. Okay. So so that's the, the first kind, deferred annuities. Now, immediate annuities. And this is, in just in my opinion, I think where annuities can really offer some significant benefits. Hmm. Um, So an immediate annuity is an an annuity contract where you are going to receive an income for a period of time. Um, The insurance company will take in your deposit, again, 10,000, 100,000, 200,000, whatever it might be, and they will promise to pay you 
an income stream. Now that income stream could be for a, um, a, a, a certain period of time could be, let's say 10 years or, or 20 years or five years, or it could be for your lifetime. So you're, you're 50 years old today. You say, you know what I want? I want to turn my $100,000 into an income stream. I'm willing to accept a, a certain amount of income per month for the rest of my life. Um, and if I live to, um, live to 60, 70, 80, I know that that income stream is going to continue. And, and the bet I'm making here is that I'm going to live a long time. I'm going to live beyond um, my life expectancy. And I don't have to worry that I'm going to ever run out of money. I know that the insurance company is going to pay me that income. And I think about that as longevity insurance. It's the risk of living too long. Risk of me uh, living longer than my money does. And for a lot of people that has um, a, a, a real allure, you know, that that's a risk. Never mind the the market risk of stocks and bonds. Um, it, it's it's an unknown. We don't know how long we're going to live. Remember, I talked earlier about what the insurance company does does best. They time um, assets and liabilities. Well, in in a lot of ways, you think about your own balance sheet. Um, you're trying to uh, b- build a balance sheet that's going to support you for the rest of your life, which may be a, a short time. It's it's just an unknown, or it may be a very long time. And so we want to make sure our assets, we're timing that income stream appropriately. So that's longevity insurance. Um, and the insurance companies, I think, do that very well. Remember, pooled risk, they're, mm-hmm. they're looking, they're, they're, ins- they're insuring hundreds of thousands of people. If you think about the industry itself, they're, buying, they're insuring millions of people. And if they think about life expectancy across a population, they have a pretty good sense of how many people at the end of each year are going to still be with us. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how they, they work. Um, and so you're pooling that risk of, of uh, and you avoid the, the, the issue of how long am I going to live? Now, that income stream can be guaranteed. That income stream could be protected and, and unchanged, or it could be variable. So you may decide, I won't, I don't want to take any risk with that income. I'm willing to deposit a certain amount and receive $500 a month or $1,000 a month or $5,000 a month for the rest of my life, and I'll be happy with that no matter what. Or I, I, I'm willing to accept some risk and have that income stream increase, possibly, if my underlying investments do well, but it could also go down. And so that's that that's a different flavor of this immediate annuity. You could be in a fixed immediate annuity, or you could be in a, a variable immediate annuity where your income might fluctuate. Or you could be in a, a variable immediate annuity with some protections where where the income will never go below a certain amount. And that has its allure as well. So lots of different flavors here for our our investors, for for anyone who's developing a financial plan that's concerned about income for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. So deferred annuities and immediate annuities. And within that, there are variable and fixed options. All right. Let let me ask you this. Uh, Just out of curiosity, as you were talking, I thought about this. What what happens if... Or is it possible to ask them to not pay you for 
a few months. Let's let's just say I have, um, you know, a baseball card collection, right? That's not going to go to the grandkids or whatever. I'm like, eh, I'm just going to sell this, and I find somebody to buy it, and and I get a good price. You know, I get ten grand, fifteen grand, and I don't need that payment from the annuity. Is it possible just to say, hey, can you hold on to that, and does it kind of help it grow to the future, or is it just steady income? I mean, because well, with the variables, especially. Yeah, that's a, a great question. Um, so you could you could take that ten thousand dollars and invest in a deferred annuity. You don't need it right now, but at some point you may want it, and so you could turn on that income stream at a later point. Okay. So your deferred annuity can become an immediate annuity, hmm. and I see that quite a bit, quite a bit. And we'll talk about. I'll give you a specific example how how that can fit into a financial plan in, in a few minutes. Hi, this is Catherine Broy from the Raskin Planning Group. Apologies for the interruption. Thanks so much for listening to Wealth is in the Details. We hope you're enjoying it so far. If you have any questions or would like to talk more about this topic, please visit our website at www.raskinplanning.com. Look for the podcast's show notes and connect with us via social media. All right. Now, the, the big question. What does this cost? <laughs> yeah. What, you what know, are, I mean, annuity, you, you've given so many examples of different types of annuities that I know this is going to be a very wide answer, but truly what does it cost to get an annuity and and maybe tied to that? And I don't know if you're already going to address this in the future here in this podcast, but what age should you be looking at that? Because I'm assuming that's going to have something to do with the price. Yeah. Um, actually, age is less of an issue with annuities um, oh, okay. uh, from a pricing standpoint. Yeah. Uh, but but yeah, every financial product, whether it's sold by a mutual fund company or an insurance company, a bank, it, it there are in either explicit or implicit fees. You know, mm-hmm. so fees that you see, fees that you don't. Um, it, it, just as an example, if you're buying a um, a CD at a bank, um, uh, they're taking your money in, in his deposit and they're they're lending it out, and then they're earning more money on on on. The, the the loan of your funds, then they're giving you an interest. That's mm-hmm. that's a fee, but you just don't see it. Got it. Okay. And, and or they're investing those funds in, in 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 other kinds of bonds that are paying higher fee, higher higher income than they're paying you. Um. So there's there's, there's different ways that that annuity insurance companies charge for annuities. Um. I so that's what. If it's a a, a guaranteed uh, annuity contract, they're crediting you a lower amount than they're earning on the funds in general. Mm-hmm. So think of that as a, a a fee that you don't see. But there's another fee that could could be there. Uh, it could be a surrender charge if you just to take your funds out of the annuity contract prior to its maturity period. Um, there might be something called a surrender charge. It's typically declining over a period of years. Could be a a five year surrender charge or a ten year surrender charge. So you you put in again. Let's say just as an example, hundred thousand um, dollars. If you take it out after 12, 11 months, uh, they may charge you um, six seven percent on your on your deposit, and you, and you receive whatever's left. Next year, maybe that surrender charge goes down. To six percent, the year after that it goes down to five percent. Eventually, it goes down to zero. Mm-hmm. Usually, within six or, or or ten years, those are are not unusual p- 
period. So there's some sort of surrender charge to that to that contract. That's one way they 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 are able to hold on to your funds because you're you, you're unlikely to want to incur that surrender charge. Mm-hmm. Um, another uh, a charge that you 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 don't see, but but they're there. Um, they're in your prospectus, which is the legal document that, that they have to send you each year that describes all the fees and charges in your account are, are the subaccount charges. If, if it's a, a, a variable annuity, they may offer you a, a, a mutual fund or a pooled fund of, of stocks and bonds, and um, they, they charge investment management fees for that. And so that's a, a fee that's there. You don't necessarily see it, but it's there. Um, there are, are, are riders or additional benefits that you can add to a contract, which may have an annual fee. Then those fees could be anywhere from, you know, one and a half to 2% or even higher each and every year. And you, you may see that on your statement. And there are mortality charges. You know, we talked about longevity insurance. Well, the, they charge for that. And it's usually, you know, an extra 1%, one and a half percent. So, so when you add these all up, you know, it could be anywhere from um, one to three percent per year, if not, if not even more, depending upon the the riders that you include. So it's not inexpensive. Um, so yeah. you're not going to buy this unless you see value in the benefits. You know, it, and I want to speak also to just another fee that 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 you you may not see, but it's there. Um, there are certain contracts that. Um, where your rate of return or, or is is dependent upon an index of of certain stocks and, and or bonds. Um, an index is a is a basket of stocks um, th- that represents a certain kind of stock portfolio. Let's say a large company stock portfolio, uh, uh, U- U.S. stocks, and that might be the Standard Poor's 500 stock index. Um, you can invest in that index without an insurance contract. And um, the advantage of owning that index is not only are you owning the underlying securities, but you also receive a dividend, the dividends that are paid each and every year. Um, some insu- some contracts are tied to are tied to that, that uh, index, um, so, some annuity contracts, um, but you, but you won't receive the dividend. And in a sense, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a cost that you may not see, but but it's a it's an investment cost, an opportunity cost that you don't have. Mm-hmm. Um, so so th- those are that's just in, in general what the costs are, and they're really important. So when you're if you're ever looking at annuities, that's the question to ask: is well, what am what am I paying for this? I see the value, but what are my what are my costs? Got it. Yeah. Well, Peter, I'm sure other people have seen this because I have a lot, unfortunately. There's a large investment firm that does a ton of advertising, and we're not going to say their name, but they seem to have a very negative view of annuities. From what I'm hearing from you, it's again, it's all individualized. I don't want you to speculate, but why do they have such a negative view, or why are they saying so many negative things about annuities? Because they can't always be horrible, right? No, and and they're not. <laughs> you know, annuities aren't. They're neither good or bad. They just are what they are. They do provide benefits, so um, I've seen those ads, and and, and you can read the popular press, and there's people in the press that 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 understand annuities, and others are very very critical of them. Um, and I I think you know I, I think there's nothing I, I, nothing's always good and nothing's always bad. You know mm-hmm. I, I think we have to we we have to assess 
the situation. In many cases, the annuity is not going to be appropriate. So let's call it what it is. Um, But in other cases, it's a good option to consider. Um, You know, you ask why? Well, to me, it's marketing, you know, I mean, negative, negative sells, right? So it, it it's it sells it gets people interested you know oh I I I shouldn't have bought that annuity I'm going to call this company well you know they may not have a a, a broad view of 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 your personal situation um, but it gets it gets you in the door if if you're if you if you buy into that um, so they're not always good or bad I I think you have to understand are those benefits worthwhile and is it worth the cost yeah. and if they are then maybe. Um, maybe a small piece of your of your portfolio should and can be an annuity. Uh, I never think everything should be in everything. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. I mean, you just don't put all your eggs into one basket. Not all your money needs to be running at the same time or, or the same speed. You know, we, we need monies at different times. Um, so a lot of different financial products are good at certain points in time. I have money market accounts. I have I have insurance contracts, I have stocks, I have bonds, I have mutual funds, I have ETFs, I have a lot of those things. They're not all good or, and they're not all bad. Yeah. Odd question, Peter. <laughs> Did you see the movie The Water Boy with Adam Sandler? I I have, but a long time ago. I don't, a long time I don't ago. Quite, so, yeah, his, I remember laughing. Yeah, his, yeah laugh. funny, funny movie. And his mom, uh, his Adam Sandler's mom was just completely against football, which she calls foosball. She's like, foosball, foosball's the devil. And that's what I feel like these companies are like, annuities are the devil. <laughs> it's just, yeah. they're, they're saying it loud and, and obnoxiously, kind of like his mom did until, you know, she learned how good foosball or football was for him. Uh, but I, that, that kind of came to mind as you're talking about it, because those commercials are fairly annoying to me. <laughs> so yes, I yes, I, I agree. Correlation there. All right. So, when then is my next question when is an annuity appropriate for somebody can you well, give me some I, yeah I, I when might an annuity be appropriate i think because sure. even even if it's an appropriate it still might be not be something that that someone wants mm. which is perfectly fine too because there's always there are always options um so I, I i put together a couple of examples you know there's lots of nuances here that, that we won't go into so um i'm not going to be addressing every issue but just a couple of examples and, and these are very these are real real examples so i got um uh, jane smith she's 55 years old she's she's currently in excellent health she's still working uh she's single she's got no kids and uh the plan is for her to work another 10 years um, and just to give a sense of where she has, is at financially, she's in a 22% tax bracket, uh, marginal tax bracket, um, and, and, which means she's, uh, you know, m- making an, uh, a, a good living uh, mm-hmm. in, in the United States. That's a, and, you know, in the East, on the East Coast, in the Boston area that she's doing OK. You know, she's she's uh, she's she's not the, she's not a millionaire, mm-hmm. uh, but she's doing fine. She's great. And um, she'll. It's likely when we do her plan um, that she'll be in a lower tax bracket when she retires. And so, you know, when she retires, hopefully around 10 years from now, um, hopefully she'll be in, still in, in great health. She's uh, very active and and loves to do lots of things. Um, ho- hopefully uh, she'll it'll, the plan is she'll be in a lower tax bracket. Um, and and it, right now she's she's just inherited um, two hundred fifty thousand dollars from her dad who recently passed. And when we did her plan, 
when we looked at, 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 at her income currently, her expenses currently, her retirement goals, her social security, and her 401k plan, um, when we add it all up together, um, she's she it's it's very likely she'll have a comfortable retirement. Very she's doing she's doing fine. She's 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 meeting all her goals. Does that mean she can um, you know buy the yacht and the second home? No, she's not she's not that in that way. But she's meeting all of her all of her goals. She's really happy and com- confident that her her future is looking looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, having said all that. She does have concerns. She's concerned about market volatility. She's concerned about she she wants she wants to make sure you know she's 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 confident, but she's still you know er, when when the news gets turned on and she starts hearing all the terrible things that are happening, um, at least that's what she's hearing. She gets anxious. Am am yeah. I gonna am I gonna be okay? And that's that's she's asking that question on an ongoing basis, like a lot of our clients. Um, so when I look at her situation, I make the determination that that an annuity might be an appropriate solution for for some of that two hundred fifty thousand dollars. I'm not going to talk about all of it or what portion. I mean, that's a conversation to have that we've had with Jane. But I just want to show it as an option, a piece mm-hmm. of it. And um, so the first thing is she gets when she if she deposits some of her her money into that annuity contract is she's going to get tax deferral for the next 10 years. Well, that's pretty powerful, especially if she can, um, when she retires, she takes money out at a lower tax bracket. So she's got some leverage there. And and so that's good. Um, She can invest very conservatively. We can be in a no risk investment strategy, guaranteed to tax deferred annuity, or she could be in a, a balanced stock and bond portfolio and manage that risk. So she's got some options there, and, and that's again not a quite not an answer. We don't know what kind of annuity she's going to purchase, um, if she will at all. But but she, it's an option she can choose. Um, now now starting at sixty five, when she's planning to retire, maybe it'll be sixty six. Um, maybe it'll be a little bit earlier. We don't know. The plan might be that she'll turn on on the income stream, so she'll make that annuity contract into a lifetime pension. It'll be an, another source of income like Social Security to her. Um, and, and at that point, the, the income that she'll receive is going to be tax advantaged. Now, what, what, you, you, why tax advantaged? Well, she's deposited, just as an example, she deposits $100,000. And in 10 years, let's just say that grows to, um, keep, it sim- keep, keep the math simple, it's $200,000. Um, then not, if she turns that, that, that annuity contract into an income stream, not every dollar is going to be fully taxed to her. Uh, Just give you an example, um, that, 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 that hundred thousand dollar gain in the contract would be spread out over her lifetime. And so about half of the income stream each and every month is going to be tax free, which is a return of her 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 deposit, her cost basis, and right. the other half would be taxable, um, taxed at her regular tax bracket at that point, which is likely to be less than twenty two percent. So that's why I say it's tax advantaged. It, it, she gets to um, she she it's not all taxable income all at once. Uh, so I think that 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 is a solution. So tax deferral 
for the next 10 years. And then she's got longevity insurance. You know, her, her money's, um, she'll never run out of that money. She doesn't have any kids to leave it to. So she's not concerned about that. Um, and this is just a very conservative way to, to, to have, to supplement her social security income and supplement her, the withdrawals from her 401k plan in, in retirement years. So that's an example one, Jane Smith. Okay. Um, let me give you another example, um, a, a little bit different. Here's uh, Charlie Jones. Charlie's very successful. He's a uh, he's an accountant. He's done very well. He's accumulated. Um, he's been a great saver, a very prudent um, in how he spends money. He's got a he's married with a family. Um, he and his wife just are very they're aggressive savers. They're not aggressive investors. Um, now, having said that, he's got about a million dollars invested in a in a well managed globally diversified portfolio of, of 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 stocks and bonds so he's he's done very well yeah but he's got another million dollars in a uh, in an IRA account and he's been very cautious with that those funds but right now they're in a money market fund um he's he moved into a money market fund he was very very concerned um and he realizes that that's not a good long-term solution he knows that that his biggest risk actually is 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 inflation at this point. And even though right now he's generating a little more than 4%, about 4.5% in, in his money market fund, he's still actually falling behind inflation, which is above the 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 return of, of that money market fund. Mm-hmm. And, and um we've talked about ways to to battle inflation and um you know I I Stocks typically, um, over a long period of time, uh, have a have a good chance of of outpacing inflation. But money market accounts, over a long period of time, typically do not. Yeah. Just let's just looking at history. Um, if you if you invest in stocks, you got to suffer through the volatilities and he volatility of the stock market. And he doesn't want to do that right now. He's just very concerned. So we talked about a, a, a solution with an annuity, uh, and there are other options for him. And we talked about that as well. But I just want to focus on the annuity solution as a piece of it. And, and there are is an annuity available to him um, that will give him some market participation with some downside protection, as long okay. as he holds that annuity for a period of years. He's got to hold the this annuity contract that I'm thinking about for six years. So it's a six-year mm. hold. During that six-year period, he'll participate in the stock market. In, 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 the, in one example, he may participate in the rate of return of the S&P 500 stock index over that six-year period. So invest in, in it today, six years from today. If the S and P 500 stock market is has increased in value by um, by 20 percent or 50 percent or 200 percent, he'll he'll that will be those will be his earnings in the contract over that six year period. However, if the stock market does not um, does not do well and he has negative returns, the insurance company will credit him up to 20% of his loss. Mm. Now, if he has a 30% loss over 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 that 6-year period, he may 
uh, he would suffer a 10% loss. Mm -hmm. If he has a 10% loss over that six-year period, he he wouldn't suffer any loss. He would be fully protected. His his return would be zero. Yep, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, So that that's just an example currently that doesn't mean that a month from now that that same solution is going to be available in the marketplace we don't know uh we don't know what the what the uh, options will be but that's what's available right now so he could he could lock in for a six-year period he's got some upside he's got some protection on the downside and it's a six-year hold he can take monies out prior to that, but then he'd he'd have to suffer the losses that he incurred during that contract period, mm-hmm. and, and and maybe some surrender charges. Um, what he doesn't get is the dividend of the of the S and P five hundred during that period of time. But he's willing to give that up for the downside protection. Yeah, got it. So it's, it's really about mindset, right? It's about mindset. It it doesn't need to be a hundred percent of his million dollars. It could be a small percentage of it, mm-hmm. um, and, and this is just a, a, a an example of it. Lots of insurance companies offer these kinds of products um, th- that may not be the right fit for everyone, but they're 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 out there. So I, I wanted to give that as an example. Now, in six years, he may decide to renew for another six year period. He may decide to do something else. He can take his monies out. Or he can turn it into an income stream, so he's got he's got he's got options. Yeah, but I think it's it's something he should at least consider, given his conservative his conservative nature with with these funds. Got it. All right. Well, it's, we're drawing to a close here. I mean, we've got a few minutes left on the podcast. Are there any concerns? Yeah, what, there's what just, some lots concerns, of concerns about him. Okay. Yeah, yeah, lots of concerns. <laughs> okay. Um, I think liquidity is a concern. You know, do do I want yeah. to hold the funds for for X period of time? I think that's a if you want complete liquidity, uh, meaning you know, like a money market account, like a bank account, a savings account, then annuities are clearly not appropriate for you. Yeah. Um, if you um, if you if you're buying a, a an inc- uh, an annuity for an income stream, you want that lifetime income stream. Um, it, it's not a great asset to um, leave on to your family, to your children. It's really not. Hmm, it, okay. it may not be appropriate. So th- that's that's you know think about the whole, the family goals. What what are your big big concerns? Um, it, 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 if you're um, if you think you you may need the funds within let's say a, a five year period, and you're you're facing those surrender charges, um, again. Uh, avoid the annuity contract. You have to feel comfortable with that 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 period of time that you're purchasing it. Um, understand the guarantees and how those renew. What the minimum return might be, what the maximum is. Understand your rider fees. Geez, that 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 rider that that additional benefit that you described sounds fantastic, but but what am I paying for that? And what what are the consequences of it? How does that affect me? Understand who the owner is, who the annuitant is. The owner of the contract is the one that controls the 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 contract. The annuitant is is the um, is the person whose whose life the annuity contract is based on. So they could be different people. Um, it could be joint. It could be a husband and a wife 
um, that are owners and annuitants. Uh, so it all depends upon the situation. Is it is it retirement monies that you're investing in, IRAs? Is it non-retirement? These are all the questions that, that I want to I want to get answers to um, when I'm talking to a client. And you know, what are the insurance, what are the investment options available within the contract? Do they meet my needs? Do are they are there low cost investment options? Are there actively managed options? Do I do I have flexibility to invest in anything I want or or not? Do I have restrictions? Uh, and then who's the insurance company? And that's yeah. vital. You know, is is, the, is this insurance company um, a, a good solid footing? You know, there are some some state guarantees that are available to s- states, um, but but you still want you don't want to have to deal with that. You want to make sure that the insurance company is uh, is solid. These yeah. are not um, insured by the the uh, FDIC, even if it, even a guaranteed contract is not FDIC insured, you're buying a contract with an insurance company that may be maybe a solid company, uh, but you just want to know how it's rated and, and what the what their their financial situation is, and then uh, then all the options we talked about the riders, um, you know what's available and what's most appropriate for me, uh, making sure that that it fits into into my goals. So lots of concerns to consider. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, at the beginning of this podcast, we promised some contact info again. And this is so individualized, Peter, that I know that you you wouldn't dare <laughs> suggest anything to anybody on this podcast. It's all about education here, pros and cons. And I think you covered those very well. But if somebody wants to talk to you about their specific situation to see if something like this would fit, you know, their scenario and their mindset, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, I think uh, my website is probably the best place to go. It's um to find our contact information. It's uh raskinplanning.com and uh our contact information is there. We've got other podcasts. We've been geez, we we're I think closing in on uh, on 100 podcasts. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's uh we've got lots to listen to, so if anyone wants any more details about other, you know, financial planning issues or or investment kinds of products that are, that are available, please listen. There I think uh, it's it's they're all fun conversations with you and, and guests. So thank yeah. you. There's a huge library, absolutely. So they need to check that out. Peter, thank you so much for your time today. This is this was a great overview. Even though I know you didn't do a deep dive, you covered a lot. I think we did. Absolutely. Thank you again, Peter. And of course, our last thank you will always go to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. We humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corp., a broker-dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. 
insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is a marketing name for registered representatives of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.